Hey, this is Brock with the Sprocket Podcast. I'm a former show host and producer and here with the other guys. Hello, this is Aaron from the Sprocket Podcast. And this is Guthrie from the Sprocket Podcast. And we just wanted to take a moment before we roll this week's show uh, to let you guys know we wanted to be abundantly clear that we believe that Black Lives Matter. We are against police brutality. Uh, We're in favor of a lot of us doing a lot of work and a lot of individual growth uh, in the places where I know I have some failings and things I need to learn and things I need to get better at. Uh, and my responsibility and those uh, the responsibility of people like me to use our privilege for change. So uh, we wanted to make sure that is clear at the top of this episode. And I thought I'd mention too, um, Aaron, you, uh, you mentioned to me about four years ago that uh, when there was uh, when there was a presidential election and the tone of a lot of things in our country changed, uh, you'd said, "Hey, maybe we should uh, maybe we should talk about this." Maybe you didn't say maybe. You said we have to talk about this. You said we should we do should, this. We should talk about this. Yeah, and I'm the kind of guy who, for a long time, has been kind of trying to trying trying to toe a pretty moderate line and trying to be like it, you know it's always been polite, right, not to talk about politics or religion and. Uh, I think what I failed to see and what you saw pretty well, Aaron, was that uh, we we entered an era in America where suddenly politics wasn't just politics. and Maybe it's never just been politics, but a, a place where, where bias and uh, racism uh, was allowed to kind of flourish out in the open. And so, uh, Aaron, I, I mentioned to you a couple of days ago that I should have listened to you and I should have been uh, a lot better at listening to you then. But uh, I appreciate that you've been a voice of truth telling to me. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that these are terrible times to be polite. Uh, it's a great time to, to kind of call things as they are and to recognize that you've either got a value uh, about how, how the world flourishes uh, or you've got a, a value about how the world kind of burns. And, uh, and each of us has a piece in that. You know, if, if we believe in the democracy that we live in uh each of us has a piece to contribute and it's not just going to the voting booth uh there's a lot of things we can do in our lives to make sure that and as what's right at the fore right now is that black lives do matter and that police brutality is real uh, and this is something that has to change and so anyways that's kind of where we are and so yeah i wanted to give both aaron and guthrie you guys time to to share your thoughts um at large and, and how things relate to uh, what we do on the podcast. But uh, what's on your mind right now? Sure. Um, well, uh, sort of piggybacking on, on what you said about being polite. Uh, I know we maybe don't have the best track record of uh, elevating diverse voices in the bike world. Um, and I would like to own that uh, as the podcast. Um, we do what we can. We uh, put on people that that we have an affinity with, but I don't think that's enough anymore. And so I think it's worth stating out loud that we should do better and we're going to try to do better. Um, I would like to elevate more, especially in this time, more black voices and just more voices uh, that are outside of the normal uh, bike world, which is often uh, seen as uh, both male and white. Yeah, um, 
I would also like to acknowledge our complicity in the larger social and systemic structures which are allowing for the oppression and abuse and tyranny that we are seeing in the United States against black people and people of color. And also to acknowledge that as part of the bike community, it is our duty to elevate those voices that are not heard. Um, there are a lot of announcements such as ours going out right now. And I hope that this um, is not interpreted as, as trying to get with a sign of the times, but something that we have been talking about for a long time. And it is, I think, a shame that it is happening now, but it's better to happen now than to remain silent. And we owe it to you, our listeners, and in the process of learning, we owe it to ourselves to dig deeply and to understand what that means for not only the podcast, but for our actions in our personal lives. So I wanted to thank all of our listeners for your support over the years and for your understanding that there is and will never be any better time than right now to stop and to work against uh, those larger forces. Yeah. Yeah. And in the future, if it looks like it's just situation normal at Sprocket Podcast headquarters, hold us accountable. And please know that we're we do doing <laughs> uh, everything we can to hold ourselves accountable to that standard as well. Yes. Um, like I mentioned, that complicity factor. Um, there, There is nobody in the United States that gets to say, well, hey, this doesn't affect me. Um, we're making this announcement because it does. And for our individual parts in that, um, to the extent that we are here to listen, we're here to learn, and we're here to understand that we have so much to learn uh, in in that path and, and are showing up and are looking to do the work and to be a part of that change each day. Um, that, that that is a path that w- does not end. It's not just today. It's not tomorrow. It's not next year. It's not 50 years from now. It is a continuation and a progression. And we are here to support that goal and to be present for forever. And it's okay not to get it right. That's that's one of the things that has been shared several, many times over the past several days from voices I've listened to and people I'm following, that uh, when you don't get something right, you go, you get up and you do it better the next time. And uh, that's that's the only way. We can't, we can't get discouraged by the fact that we don't know how to do this because uh, a lot of us don't know how to do this very well. Uh, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. It means we should do it and we should do it better. This isn't a choice. This isn't an option. It's not a preference. It's not a philosophy. Uh, this is the way things are. And, you know, we, we typically don't pull punches here at the Sprocket Podcast. And so I hope we don't continue. I, I hope we continue not to. Yep. And uh, to all of our white listeners, uh, as Brock had said at the top, understand that it's not up to black people and people of color to explain racism to you. That is work that you need to do yourself. Uh, we are here to elevate voices who would like to join us in that message. And if there's somebody that we should talk to, we would love to hear it. We, we are all ears. 
and uh, we'll work towards those means in the future. On the realm of of elevating black voices, um, I've been following on Instagram, I suppose, A-Y-E, suppose. Uh, She also runs a blog called A Quick Brown Fox. She is a uh, black female uh, professional bike uh, racer. Um, and her blog is pretty informative uh, as far as the black experience in the bike racing community. Um, she put out recently a, a blog post uh, entitled Consistency Builds Trust. Um, and on that vein, I would like to um, commit to more consi- consistency um, to elevating voices that... Uh, um, that we haven't been elevating in the past. Uh, and I w- would like to just say that I hope us saying Black Lives Matter doesn't come across as uh, one, either pandering or worse, um, uh, out of left field. I hope that us saying this um, feels natural to anybody who knows us. Um but also I do, I do believe it needs to be said, and I do believe um, in the realm of consistency that we need to further push that um, more out in the forefront. Uh, while I think we all, three of us, believed that it's never been necessarily said. And so, um, again, just committing to that. That's right. So thank you all, yeah. and we love you. Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, adventures, and life hacks. And today, parts hoarders unite. That's right. We've got Andy here in the studio. Well, the digital studio this evening. Andy, how are you doing? <laughs> very well, thank you very much. Nice. Thanks you. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. Thank you. It's a good opportunity. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, indeed. And our listeners will hear sort of a spliced episode um, due to a human error on Guthrie's part, aka my part. Uh, we're doing this in two <laughs> parts so that uh, we can also get Yang on as part of the show um, because. A similarity between everybody here is that we like to collect parts, and we like to collect lots of parts, and we have yes. stories and memories and fondness, or non-fondness, for many of those accoutrements. Uh, so we're going to have a parts <laughs> episode this evening and get into it in just a little bit here. Uh, but to start off, just to check in with my co-host, how are you at, Aaron? Um, I'm doing all right. Uh, things have been pretty... Um, quiet here in the northeast um i got a surprise on my doorstep the other day oh okay i don't know who uh was responsible but i got me some grape sparkling water Ooh, that was nice yeah i think we got i hope we got that 
Oh, and it is everything I hoped it would be. I uh, I was trying to get some seltzer water the other day, and uh-huh. I bought tonic water, and I didn't know that they're not the same thing. So I, oh. I got like one of those those two liter <laughs> things because I was just doing the like two week grocery run, and I got home tonic and I got like halfway through, and I was like, oh, this has a lot of sugar in it. <laughs> right, that's the one they <laughs> added quinine to it. Yeah. right? <laughs> I was like, well. It's probably the same, and then I was like, "Oh, I, to- I I messed up. I got I got not what I was meaning to do so with." But that looks really tasty over there. It is, yeah. You got anything special drinking today? Special drinking? Um, no, not not no. really. I, I didn't <laughs> make it right. down to the beer mongers this week. Um, I'm trying to swing up there probably Thursday or so and get a restock. Um, yeah, just 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 some water. And uh, a small libation. Yeah. Looks like Andy's got... Ooh, that's a cool can. What is that? Ninja Dust. Uh, from Well, Southeast Division would have been a two-and-a-half-hour drive for me, but <laughs> this is from across the ditch there in, uh, in uh, Vancouver. Brothers Cascadia across in Vancouver. Ninja oh, Dust. Nice. Easy IPA. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that was good. That was, we're getting really good sounds tonight. <laughs> I feel like we haven't got a good open in a while. Yeah. Nice to get. Um, well, I should have. I should go try that because um, I was on a bike ride earlier this afternoon up to Hayden Island to pick up something, and uh, you know, it's just it's just a hop, skip, and a jump over the bridge from there. Traffic yeah, yeah. is is starting to be traffic again in kind of a weird way. Um, so I was happy I was on the bike on the bike path. It's it's always a good time up there. It's good, good. Yeah, traffic is coming back. It's uh, filling up again on Highway 101 out here. Oh, is it? Oh. How yeah. has that been for you folks out there? It was an amazing six or seven weeks with no traffic on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> you could imagine the <laughs> 101 route. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we always do uh, Lincoln County. It's been wonderful. <clears throat> Nice. But they're back. They're coming back. <laughs> yeah. I can remember there were periods um when I rode down the coast in twenty thirteen, you know, they weren't they weren't frequent, but you'd get a time or two where you have ten or fifteen minutes to yourself. And those were always really nice. Uh and I found that just about as you were starting to realize that there was like nobody driving by you very quickly, <laughs> it was like, Oh, it's over <laughs> like somebody comes around the bend. But they were they were nice little respites. Um, I like, and it's not a, necessarily a great idea on 101, but, uh, biking at night was something that happened relatively often. Um, and it was, it was a little hectic when somebody did drive by, uh, but there were less people driving at night. So that was always kind of a nice factor there. I w- would not recommend unless, unless you know kind of what that entails. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I, I've stayed, I've stayed away from that. We've got the uh, woods behind our house though, you know. All the coastal communities have a hundred miles of logging roads, maze that you can use behind your neighborhood. So that's pretty sweet. <laughs> Were you saying something, Aaron? Oh, I was going to ask, when you bike at night, do you wear a reflective vest? Um, yeah, I don't remember. I think I did. I think I had my vest. <laughs> right. I've had a, I've had a reflective vest can't remember who gave it to me or like maybe i was like halfway through i think what had happened was i was like halfway through my tour from uh portland up to 
Vancouver and I think I saw it on like the side of the road or something like that and I was like sweet free vest um <laughs> so I've just kind of like it, it's around in like a box yeah. somewhere so I've got I got my safety vest um it's it's the only time I've worn a safety vest while biking was oh okay biking throughout the night yeah I I can't knock it uh it's, it's not a bad idea I've yeah. got dynamos yeah. now um so it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable but as we found out on a ride earlier last week it might not be so dynamo-ish on the backlight, so I need to take a look at that wiring. It's oh right, it's been a, it's been a four years or so, um, and then I have Ortlieps on the back of my bike typically, and those are known for a pretty good triangle reflective patch. Uh, not that you should rely on something reflective for your safety at night, um, but I'm in the like, well, I'll take it over nothing camp. Uh, right. But I think we used. I've got a. It's a Planet Bike uh, Blinky because we're we're gonna talk gear tonight right uh so it's, it's <laughs> yes. a planet bike like flash three or something like that just one of those triple a battery um backlights that that's now just kind of a loner for friends who i try to get into biking and i was using a planet bike like super super like i guess like entry tier um front light so like we definitely tried to to not ride at light um but my friend was had a rechargeable night eye i think it was night eyes or or maybe it was a lasagne rechargeable battery but he was he was the torch guy so he he would okay. be in front and i would be the back blinky light um and it worked out <laughs> yeah been there been there <laughs> yeah you do you do what you can and um yeah if that campsite is 40 miles and that 40 miles just happens to take you two hours longer than you thought it would well <laughs> what, what are you gonna do because that's another thing, um, and not to go too much on the bike touring side of it in regards to it overall, but camping up on the coast and around the coast is kind of its own deal too, uh, because it's pretty, it's like not populated, but it is very monitored in terms of um, folks just kind of like dipping off the road. So I would say of the places that it felt most precarious to a free camp of anywhere that I've cycled, um, the coast would probably be it. It's it's good to end up at that campsite at night and know that you're not going to get waken up at two or three in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All the spots are right on the side of the road, and everything on the on the east side of the road is private uh, timber company property. So that's pretty sketchy too, you know. Ah, uh, yeah. Have you ever had any run-ins um, on the private timber company? If you can um, speak about it. <laughs> well, they're real. They're they're really cool about it actually they're uh, oh, cool. happy to ha- they're happy to have you back there as long as you're not camping oh okay or, or you know smoking cigarettes or building a campfire or um i think their biggest concern is uh really it seems to me from talking to the guys back there their biggest concern is like eco-terrorism and they're almost happy that that there's recreationalists back there keeping an eye on their equipment for them <laughs> oh okay I yeah, see what, that's yeah. that's what i that's what i've gotten from the loggers back there uh, yeah hmm. yeah they don't mind if you're back there at all as long as you're not camping <laughs> mm, gotcha what are some of your favorite spots to ride and uh let our tell our listeners a little bit about um where you're at right now and, and what it's like on a bike yeah we're in uh central lincoln county right now and uh it's uh it's uh right on the coast in uh it's a great place to ride, you know. You've got your uh, logging roads, hundreds of miles of logging roads right behind your house. And, of course, if you want to do road rides, you're kind of stuck going north and south on the highway. 
there's the <laughs> the east-west highways, of course, if you're close enough to one. And if you catch one of the loops to the east, you might be stuck on like a 70-mile loop or something. So, so basically, you're stuck kind of going north and south on your road bike. So that kind of sucks. I mean, there's little there's little dog legs and little climbs that you can do up into the hills. So we have our fun, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really nice. It is amazingly beautiful. We can't believe how gorgeous it is. So we feel blessed. We are very lucky. <clears throat> if you're going to move away from uh, the Rocky Mountains, you've got to move someplace really beautiful. And we we chose the Oregon coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Depot Bay has. Uh... It's always been one of my favorite towns on the coast, and I've been through all of them. Uh, I have many favorite towns, but Depot Bay is... Uh, and we were talking a little bit before we hit record here, um, until somewhat recently maintained my favorite bookshop uh, in, in in the coastal area, I would say. And uh, definitely like top three or top four for Oregon as a whole. Um, it sounds like you guys didn't get a chance to experience that, but it's always it's always helped me hold a very fond spot in my heart for Depot Bay. You know, regardless of, of the contemporary nature um, of what's there right now. So, yeah, it's it's a good spot. Neat, neat. Yeah, when we moved here, the books were all in the store, but it was closed up and, and getting musky in there. And they mm. finally sold. The building finally sold. They used to have, like, three or four cats. And so you'd kind of wander around. And the cats like <laughs> to hang out up on top of the shelves. So you'd be, like, reaching up for a book. And you'd be like, oh, a cat. <laughs> Just kind of, like, sitting there looking down at you. It was, it was a good spot. Um <laughs> So, so cycling wise, uh, you're mentioning road biking. What, what kind of is your preference for riding in terms of equipment these days? And, um, have you had to uh, adapt or sort of modify as you folks got into town? Uh, well, um, I like to have all the bikes. I wish I only have six now. I wish I had about <laughs> only they, they six. Do, awesome. They all do different things. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> They all do different things. Um, you know, before we moved out here, I promised myself if I move close to the beach, the first thing I'm going to do is buy a fat bike. And I think I bought like three bikes since I've been here. I still don't have a fat bike. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, but uh, yeah, I'm into a little bit of everything. We do some single speed road biking. I have a, a nicer carbon road bike for the long distance and the climbs. Um the gravel bike, yeah, I'm riding a Soma. I built up a Soma out of my parts so that I from my crashed Mozzie. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, we like to do a little bit of everything. The beach cruisers. There's some. Uh, the single track is pretty. The single track game is really weak on the coast. I mean, I have to drive about an hour and forty five minutes to go hit some jumps. Mm. Um, but yeah, the gravel biking is just amazing. And the road biking is just beautiful. It's 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 great. Yeah. Lincoln County Lincoln County is gorgeous. I invite anybody to if when you're coming through Lincoln County, gosh, you guys you gotta ping me on, on Instagram and I can probably take a ride with you for a while. Awesome. <laughs> nice. I was looking um I'm not, not sure exactly when it'll happen at this point in time, but have been kind of entertaining there's a there's a ride we talk about often on the show which is trask um kind yes. of over from portland out to the coast and uh, six, you, uh, highway six maybe kind of what's that is that highway six kind of it's south of highway six um okay. highway six is the way i i typically like to to go uh and that part's paved trask is a little bit more off-roady 
And it's just at this point, it's like one of those rides that you're like, oh, damn, I, I should probably do that by now because <laughs> like I've, I've, <laughs> I've hemmed and hawed and talked about it enough. Um, but it occurs to me the output of Trask, you know, in, in regards to um, your neck of the woods, uh, turn, turn left instead of turn right and we could make it happen. Oh, my gosh. That puts you out right at probably my favorite part of the whole Oregon coast that I've done, which is the three capes route there. Mm, yep. You know, uh, what's the top cape? Cape Mares, Cape Lookout, Cape Kawanda. Oh, mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. And yeah. Cape Mares, the north one, is closed to cars right now, or at least the north half of it is. So if you start from the north, your whole first climb, there's no cars. It's amazing. It's great. Nice. Gotta do it. Yeah. Well, um, as as somebody who's only part of the N bike crowd, uh, as in I have one bike. <laughs> N equals one. N equals N. one. <laughs> There's no plus one. I've been, well, we'll see. Uh, another thing I talk about is getting another bike, but it's been a decade at this point. Um, yeah, Aaron, do you wanna do you wanna start us off on uh, gear chat? Bring, sure. Bring us bring us to to roost. Okay. Well, um, so parts hoarding. This is something that that uh, I've had an issue with from time to time, and oh, I, I was gonna um, let me see if I can do this. This is gonna be interesting with a laptop and a microphone. I'm gonna give you all a tour of my parts. All right. And when I say my, like I should also I should also qualify that some of these were inherited when uh, Anna and I moved in together. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's check it. So first I want to show you all, uh, put the mic on the ground for a second. This whole set of drawers is just parts. (laughs) Aaron is currently pointing at a six or seven foot tall shelf. That's about two and a half, three feet wide. (laughs) It only looks that tall. It's only, it's maybe about five feet. Oh, okay. Well, it's the internet. You can fudge it a little if you want. I mean, it's like six or eight feet tall. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. That might be something we need to talk about. (laughs) Right. So, um, What's what's great is because of this this set of drawers, I've been able to organize them. For example, this is all just Brompton parts. You can see that's our most empty shelf. Yeah, that's not cool. Okay. Um, by contrast, here is drivetrain parts. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe at the time that we organized that. Um, we counted six derailers altogether. Four of them were rear derailers. <laughs> uh, so I'm going on air to say I might have a problem. <laughs> uh, I can see it. You you need more shelf space for your parts. <laughs> Boom. Nice. Is that it? Problem solved? <laughs> how, does Anna, how does Anna feel about this? How, how does Anna feel about the parts hoarding? Um, now that they're organized into a set of drawers, I think she's learned to accept my problem with a little bit, uh, uh, I don't want to say a little bit of grace, but she's learned to like tolerate my, my collection. My, I, think, I think the issue is, in, and I think this is where I would, I would love for you to come in, Andy. I think the issue is, is you, 
get a few parts like either off of a bike that you've you've um pulled parts off or if you've updated parts on another bike and the thought is well i could use this for something else or i might i might need this another day yeah yeah i've had the same feeling i uh Personally, I think maybe maybe I'm delusional, but I think I'm kind of on the road to recovery from parts hoarding. But uh, <laughs> not that I don't still have some hoarded parts. I think, uh, gosh, I don't know. I think doesn't it always seem if you hold it long enough, you're going to use it? So I guess my question would be for Aaron, are, are any of those parts actually, like say in your worst drawer, how, how much of those parts are actually maybe on cue for a build? On cue for a build. Uh, currently would be none. Of <laughs> on cue for a build. I was going to give you a pass on all of those. <laughs> all right. I, I don't currently have a build uh, happening right now. <laughs> Do you, uh, this this sounds like kind of, a, kind of one of these things. Whoop. Send bike frames. To Aaron Flores, <laughs> he has okay. too many parts, and he needs your help building bikes out of them. <laughs> I, this is where I'm really glad I'm wearing headphones, and Anna is in the other room and can't hear that part right there. Can't hear that call to action. So, Andy, you say you're you're on the road to recovery. Let's let's talk about um, maybe before. Before, before well, you, you've you've had your conversion moment, um, well, uh, how how has parts hoarding affected your life? <laughs> uh, well, you know, we used to have a lot of uh, junked out bikes. You know, bikes that were, uh, I mean, my old bikes, but uh, not in running condition. Back in Colorado, I think uh, the move helped me helped me with that a lot. I had to simplify had to get rid of some stuff so that helped a lot um <laughs> helping out friends anybody that you know when you're getting uh, ready for a move too you got to be like hey anything in that garage that you want you can have it that got rid of some of my ported parts uh, yeah. <laughs> we used to also have a wall of shame in the garage at the last house which was all kinds of bent and broken rims and chain rings and twisted chains and all these parts that, you know, most of them had a pretty good story. Most of, uh, uh, whether it was a, a good crash or a, or a weak part, we had the part of the, the wall of shame. Does any, any of you guys have any wall of shame, actual hoarding of broken parts? Mm. I have I, a, I have a broken think... brook saddle. <laughs> <laughs> That is sitting right over here. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm trying to think if that's ever been a, a thing. I know I've broken. Oh, yes, I have a I have a broken rear derailleur. I think in my collection. <laughs> I kept that. If it's not if it's not still there, I'm okay with that. But I've kept that for a long time as an object lesson of how not to. Uh, tighten that uh cable uh bolt that bolt that holds the the cable oh, that, on the mm. trailer. Yeah. i had tightened it so much and so many times that uh, the, the actual metal 
where the bolt uh, threads into busted off. Mm. So like, it's like the there's no saving it at all. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. I've I've definitely done that before. <laughs> or uh, this is, you know, for our listeners who can't see, our uh, folks on the Zoom call might be able to see a little bit of bending on the rails. That's from. Oh, yeah. That's that's my reminder to myself to tighten my freaking fenders before it gets too late. Oh. <laughs> so, yay. How did that work? That sounds like a violent thing. Like a fender got snagged and and actually ejected yeah. back of your saddle. Yeah, I, I endoed. You kind of actually. It, it's been almost a year to the day. Um, oh yeah. Since since going over my bike in a big way, and my wrist is mostly better. It's still a little funky in that sense, but nothing got broken. So oh. it's something. It's something physical to just keep around me and be like, hey, you know, when you were like, I'll fix that later. Don't fix it later. Fix it as soon as you can. <laughs> so I, I think we all get those reminders if we cycle long enough. That's good. Those parts are at least reminders. Reminders to be responsible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's cool that you had a, a wall of shame. What, um, what piece in your wall of shame you said you had, so I'm assuming that you don't have him anymore but one what was the hardest to get rid of uh, uh oh on the wall of shame <laughs> um probably uh probably an old uh diamondback bmx crank snapped snapped in half uh, from back in the day i could you know i could tell people that i was too powerful <laughs> right on <laughs> yeah yeah i, I trashed that one I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. <laughs> but uh, the wall of shame. Gosh, what else? What other hoarded parts have we gotten rid of? Gosh, yeah, probably that crank. I, that's like, that's got to be the hardest yeah. one to get rid of. I wish I still had. <laughs> mm. It hurts. It hurts to get rid of old parts, doesn't it? <laughs> kind of. Well, I mean, the crank. The crank that was broken. That's one thing. But uh, perfectly good parts, even if you know you're never going to use them again. There's still that sense that, like, well, someone might use this. Like, I have friends that bike, and so they might need this, and I can be the one to give it to them. There you go. (laughs) I was thinking today that maybe the best way to handle it is to have a friend that's a parts hoarder, and that way you can just get, you know, get parts from them. (laughs) (laughs) I have one friend that's, oh, boy, I think he has every different gear ratio you can put on every single one of the different drivetrains. So if I ever need a new cassette, I know where to go. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> well, uh, not. what about hoarding bikes? Anybody hoard bikes? It takes me a long time to get rid of a bike. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I've never been in a position where I've... Um, wanted to or even needed to get rid of a bike knock mm. on wood uh currently our household houses seven seven yeah but um three of them are anna's and three of them are mine and one we share oh <laughs> cute <laughs> it's very yeah, it's that's, very egalitarian that's of, you know she's she, She's not listening. She's got headphones in. I'm, I'm like, looking to double-check. Oh, <laughs> we've made eye contact. 
Hi, how's it going? Anna, he's <laughs> talking about you. <laughs> That's the thing with parts wording, though, is when you have two, well, one actual mechanic, that's her, and then somebody who tries to play mechanic, that's me. When you have two of those in the household, it gets even worse. <laughs> and as much as, like, I'll, I'll take I'll take the parts wording on, on my sh- shoulders, because she is really good about getting rid of parts that we don't need. Some of them were hers to begin with. Mm. <laughs> I, uh, I will confess to you a, a small level of parts hoarding, not just broken mm-hmm. saddles from lessons better learned. Uh, you know, when you work at a bike shop, kind of uh, empathizing with Anna, and then all of a sudden you're not working at a bike shop. There's a lot of things about there that you experience go. that you quickly miss <laughs> and are like, oh, I don't have an X or a Y or a Z to be able to make this work. So I tried to be pretty conscientious with like one final um, staff discount purchase before before I sailed. And mm. so far, um, I am parts hoarding in the sense that I have like a chain tool and a cassette tool and I have like three nine-speed chains and I have two bar tape sets. So it, it's not like used parts hoarding but it's like okay what are the things if, if i need to if i need to think into the future here what are the things yeah. that i most commonly replace and just try to like get those check boxes marked um and then you know after that point it will be supporting local bike shops such as when i get in crashes and i don't have the parts <laughs> <laughs> um but that that's that's kind of how i hoard parts is i i try to think like okay i've had this one bike for nine and a half years now I know what I go through and I know what is starting to age. So I parts hoard in the sense that I try to get ahead of that as much as one can. That's smart parts parts hoarding there. Get get your chain before you need it. <laughs> yeah. And then when one pops off, you're like, ah, okay. <laughs> ah. I think mine usually comes from pulling off pieces on or parts on my bike. Like I've I've done the whole drivetrain twice, I believe, um, on top of, like, you know, replacing cassettes and chains just because out of wear, but uh, updating the cranks um, and, yeah, going from, like, a 3 by to a 2 by stuff like that. Um, and then thinking, like, well, this crank is, is fine. It's used, but it's fine. I might I might need this for something and hanging on to that for indefinite (laughs) you had a good point about the the multi-bike scenario which is and i'm not sure if this plays or how it plays into the parts hoarding aspect but oh my bike's broken oh look there's there's another bike i can ride (laughs) i feel i feel like that would be dangerous for me to be honest (laughs) i would like (laughs) i already ride my bike down is is pretty as hard as i can ride it most of the time so that would be like Ooh, that's a recipe for disaster in the straw family. Yeah, I don't know if you do this, Andy. It's it's a bad strategy I've adopted now that I have more than one bike. Like, even if it's just a flat tire, well, I'll just go take the other one right now. <laughs> hey, as long as you get it fixed, as long as you're working on bikes every week. <laughs> I find that I'll buy, uh, you know, you, your tires are getting low. You buy a new set of tires. Maybe you switch them out to try it and you still try, I mean, uh, you still got those old tires that are your spare tires. 
Are you ever going to use them again? I mean, <laughs> or do you donate them? Yeah. I, th I feel like I've thrown away a couple sets of tires that, uh, that I should have used up. Maybe I should have hoarded. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is there like a um, uh, sort of a, what am I trying to say here? Like a, 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 well, over here we have like the bike farm or Bikes for Humanity, places that will take parts and our frames that are still usable but like, you know, are much older and hang on to them either turn them into bikes or they have the parts on, you know, uh, on the side for anybody who's coming in. Is there like something like that on the coast for you? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, well, we can hit it on our, when, if we take a drive to the South or something, it's probably nearly an hour South in Waldport. There is a, a kind of a community center, okay. uh, co-op volunteer bike shop and uh yeah i've got a few sets of grips that you, maybe you could squeeze out six months and uh you know i've got a couple things i'm definitely going to drop them off down there not all yeah. my parts I'll, I'll drop off a few things but i'm not going to get rid of my my 1992 avenir bar ends or <laughs> <laughs> you know you can't get rid of those things so on <laughs> on that aspect um have you ever encountered like Recording long enough that when it does come time that you're like, oh, sweet, I've got this thing that I can use. Uh, you find that it's not compatible with anything anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, that's definitely a, something to think about. Um, yeah, actually, uh, thinking about it right now, I've got a couple of hubs from broken, crashed wheels that probably aren't going to work on any of my bikes anymore, you know? Uh, with the rim brake, disc brake, and uh, and and different spacings on the back. Yeah, you're right. I've got a couple of hubs that I'm never gonna, probably never going to be able to use. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly never even given that a thought. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, hubs. That's that's a good one. You can save, yeah. you know, at least forty bucks. Just, just cut your spokes and save your hub. Yeah, definitely. There's um, I mean, in the fat bike world, that's kind of the textbook example of where things have been changing. Maybe just from my impression, the fastest, because oh, yeah. it's just like started at trying to use um, mountain bike hubs and then goes wider, 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 and, and like in a very you know eight nine years in a relatively short span of time. Um, I'm sure that happens in the more road centric area of the world as well. Um, but you know, if you're talking about and we've, we've talked on the show about this a bit before. Uh, quick release versus through axle seems to be a thing that's happening oh, right yeah. now. Um, oh, yeah. Aaron, I think you've stated that you wouldn't get another bike that wasn't through axle, if I recall yeah. correctly. Well, <clears throat> this was maybe when I first got into uh, biking seriously. Um, I was fortunate enough to find an uh, inexpensive disc brake bike. And... I'm totally sold on disc brakes, and I made the statement, if I ever get another bike, it's going to be disc brakes. Absolute. Um, and then years down the road... So here's a, here's, it's a common problem with disc brakes. I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. I'm sorry. It's a common problem with disc brakes with the front wheel uh, and a quick release. They 
don't necessarily jive well unless you really wrench down that that quick release. Um, the torque pressure on the disc will often uh, cause that front hub to kind of sit askew if you brake too hard. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, anyways, but I still love disc brakes, and I will I will stick stand by that statement. Like any bike I get from here on out, disc brakes. Uh, but new technology has come come along, and um, the through axle sort of solves that to some extent solves that issue of needing to wrench down that front that front quick release so that it won't go askew from the from the pressures of the braking. So now I'm totally sold on that. Even though I never actually rode a through axle bike, I'm I'm totally sold that. So from now on, any bike I ever get has to have both disc brakes and two through axle. <laughs> I think that's a good choice uh, if you can afford if you can uh, figure out a way to make it happen. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, just having a disc brake, they have to really uh, reinforce that front fork, and then the through axle adds rigidity. Also, it's yeah, it's, it's nice. It's a lot nicer. Have you encountered any axioms in your own bike journey, Andy? Uh, uh, with the uh, with the old uh, axle problem, <laughs> or just in general? Uh, I mean, we're all we're all. I'm thinking we're all informed by our experiences, and like sometimes they can be relatively negative. Uh, <laughs> for example, I will likely never purchase BB7 brakes. Uh, I just haven't had good experiences <laughs> with them. And I'm very happy that everybody else has, but it's not been my case. So I don't know, something like that, perhaps. Really? Okay, yeah, I'm a BB7 fan, uh, and I am happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, maybe only because uh, every other disc brake that I've had was far far lower quality. But uh, uh, so, what what kind of disc brake uh, is is your preference? Uh, so I mean, full disclosure, I'm I ride rim brakes right now, uh, okay. just like v-pole uh i have you work on bb7s though yes i've worked on a lot of bb7s um my my personal preference for a mechanical disc brake would be spire trps um and either they're like road or mountain bike variety i like the dual clamping feature of them and i find that the pad wear can be nice and even they're pretty good to recenter out or to readjust uh, if you start to have any issues with them. And in hydraulics, I, I don't really know what I like. Um, it seems like you, if you get into like a kind of mid-level tier with the majority of manufacturers, you're, you're good to go. Um, so I think it more comes down to any hydraulic brake that has mineral fluid as, as opposed to dot fluid is kind of where I'm at on hydraulics. Um, but yeah, brake-wise, I mean, I, I have V-brakes and I go through rims and that's just kind of the deal. So I'm just keeping it in the back of the head for <laughs> whenever I do go N plus one. Um, I will likely pick up, if it's mechanicals, uh, those with, um, yeah, those with Spire TRPs. And I was trying to find some recently because I'm trying to replace the fork on my Surly uh, because it might have some metal fatigue issues. And that's why I keep this saddle here to remind me that the next thing that happens, uh, place it before, you know, your fork falls off. Um, and so with that, they, I, I looked high and low and they didn't have stock. So I went with uh, what will hopefully come through as the Paul Clampers. 
and that was just kind of what was what was out there. So I decided to splurge a little bit, but that will be my first foray ever into actually using disc brakes myself. And just on the front on the front fork, I'm going to keep it V-brake on the back. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're <Okay>. Frankensteining. <laughs> and that's, I guess, what I come to as well with the, uh, you know, whether you keep it retro or whether you try to, like, adapt here and there with, with the times mm-hmm. as far as that technology advancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got rim brakes and I've got disc brakes. Um, I like the adjustability of the BB7s from both sides. I mean, it, it's at least a lot better than the BB5s for an extra... Oh, yeah. 15 bucks or whatever it's mm-hmm. twice adjustable and uh but yeah but but yeah the put the piston only pushes from one side and that's 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 kind of an issue <laughs> yeah i mean just and like i said i i know over 10 people that i could probably name off the top of my head who've been super happy with them and i'm very happy for them um i have fixed anecdotally some pretty messed up bb7 setups way more than like other types of brakes for how well reputed they are generally speaking um and that's not to say that they weren't maybe they were set up incorrectly or maybe they were needed to come in and then they were just ridden too long or something like that but i've i've seen bb7s kind of go out of whack um both in like shorter riding and on long distance tours and i've seen and installed spire setups um and i'm not saying that it's the only thing out there it's just literally been my own experience so take it with a grain of salt um but they seem to they seem to maintain themselves pretty well so uh, for what it's worth uh if you're coming about like you said you know for an extra 15 dollars right the spire the spire seems like an okay bet to me great i also wonder if the just the general ubiquitousness of bb7s you know there's so many of those out there maybe that you're seeing the more messed up ones just because there's so much many more out there yeah 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 i for I, one am that's a, a very good point guy all the way <laughs> and but Aaron paid extra 15 bucks for the black ones i think right yes i did <laughs> <laughs> good memory wow yeah well i would i, I probably would have done the same thing if they were available i got to admit i will if it's black i'll pay extra for it yes <laughs> aesthetics is important mm-hmm it it like it doesn't matter but it does matter exactly. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm not willing to admit it to myself but i'm like yeah totally totally matters at times <laughs> you want to be happy or do you want to be almost happy? yeah yeah right. well i got it's funny we, you mentioned that because um i was when i was picking up uh on savi island for the bike ride today was a life jacket and i was looking at like several different ones and i found one that fit well and there was another that was a, kind of a different style but uh and i'm sh- i guarantee you like i i've worked retail like i know that people who work in retail shops have heard this all the time and i was like shit i was that guy because i went up to the counter and i was like you know it does match my helmet so that's kind of where we're going with this right now <laughs> but you know it no shame, no shame. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know, I just had to bear my soul here on the podcast. Um, sweet. Well, uh, a- any advice for people looking to become parts hoarders of their own? Is is there something you could look back on your journey and say, you know, if I'd only followed this rule of thumb, I would only have either three times or more or three times less parts <laughs> that I use or don't use right now? Wow. Uh Gosh, that's a little bit of a thinker, Aaron. You got any ideas? Uh, 
Um, <laughs> I would say just buy more frames. <laughs> That's a good takeaway. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't think. I don't think that's the road to healing. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, road to uh, justification, and uh, wow. I mean, I think wow. If you're uh, making a concerted effort to find friends that 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 can use your parts, then then it's totally justifiable. I think. What do you What do you guys? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Find friends that can use the parts that you've been hoarding. Yeah. Are we gonna are we gonna make the call and decide what makes a part worthy of hoarding? I don't. <laughs> hmm. I think it's probably isn't that that feels like. I feel like it's so individual, right? Like yeah. If, it, if it's good enough for you to hold on to, that's good enough for you to hold on to. <laughs> that's it. It's all about being happy. It's all about being happy. Indeed. Right on. And find a find a way to organize it. Yes. Hey, you look very organized now, Aaron. I can't. Yes. I mean, I don't think anyone can complain about that. We uh, we Marie Kondoed the hell out of that part spin. <laughs> nice. Well, I don't know of a hoarding helpline that we can link to, but maybe we should try to look that up. And <laughs> I would put, you know, maybe not a helpline per se, but uh, look for your regional bike part recycler. Uh, yes. Look for your regional uh, DIY and or nonprofit get people on bikes shop is, is my favorite <laughs> method for parts that aren't being put to use personally. Great way to deal with the great way to deal with it. <laughs> get those parts on cue or give them away. Um, but hey, if it gives you a smile, then just buy a, buy a new dresser. That's it. There, there you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> cool well andy thank you so much for joining this evening uh it's been a pleasure to catch up with you hey it's been a pleasure too i'm a big fan uh hey i wanted to say thank you guys so much for all the work that you you're doing every week i think it's more important than ever right now people need uh, a smile on their face and if ever there was a time to simplify uh i think the pandemic is it so you guys are yeah. really helping people out. Thanks for all the work you guys do. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> all right. Thanks to all right you and all of our listeners. We, we appreciate right back at you. And now we'll cut to recording session two with Yang. Is that your bike in the background? Like, is that a picture of your bike? I don't have this bike anymore. Oh. Figure out, throw something up, bike related. Otherwise, my background's really bad looking. Uh, yeah, my uh, old cross track. Built like a poor man's Rivendale with a <laughs> sweet back handlebar and basket. It's a good way to go. It was fun. I, I liked it, but I'm weird in that, I don't know, like I, I like a certain frame to uh, wheel size ratio where like I felt like the wheel was a little too big. I'm like, okay, I, w- I want a 26 inch like long haul trotter or something Yeah, of the same size frame. So the ratio is a little bit more balanced out for my taste, right? So, so I, okay, I'll... I'll sell it. I don't. I don't. I didn't write it too much, so I sold it. But you know, looking back on some of these pictures, I kind of regret selling it. <laughs> the uh, Fargo has a somewhat similar geometry to the Trucker in that respect. The Fargo, doesn't it? I never. No, the Fargo is more of a, a sloped mountain bike. Oh, you know, okay. sloped top tube, right? I'm, but I'm it's a, it's a dropper bar. 
Yeah, it's a drop. Well, they have a, uh, a Via that's more of a road-ish. But I never ridden a Via, so I don't. I don't know how it rides. Gotcha. Yeah, I've only ridden the uh, Marrakesh, but it was three sizes smaller than I would typically ride. So don't know if it was an accurate so, representation of the bike so a ton of a ton of toe overlap and just almost tripping over yourself yeah that's where on a touring bike and fenders 26 is just a dream uh from that standpoint yeah i can i can turn and not need to worry about where my feet are what is this yeah i'm on the lookout for an old frame maybe i'll build it up because so we got some crappy 26 inch you know like hybrid bikes around yeah nice. parts yeah, yeah. Um, the old specialized uh, hardtail frames. People really like to turn those into touring frames. Yeah, those look awesome, but there's like it's like the used market's gone up. You know, it's just so expensive to find one of those bikes. Either build out, people know what they have, and they they're asking a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like the uh, Trek Five Ten or the uh, Miata One Thousand, or uh, thinking of other like the. The, was it Bridgestone MB1? Neshiki? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I rolled one of those. It, it looks amazing. And it's it's heavy as hell, and but it it just looks really good. Yeah, as long as... um, huh, Nice background, Aaron. <laughs> I guess it's... You know, with those bikes, I, I toured with somebody who rode one of the treks. And That's not... He was saying that like it mostly worked. Um... But there's definitely some compatibility stuff that you need to watch out for with those. And same with the Miatas. I had a friend that did coast to coast on it. And she, like, trying to get fenders to fit on that, she had a huge, huge amount of trouble. Uh, and, like, brakes are kind of funky. And it's, it's like one of the things that makes them great is when you have it dialed and you don't need to mess with it for a bit, you're just like, ah yes. Because <laughs> it's usually a fair bit of work getting them into, into service or at least, like, in, into that like good spot for um hmm. for riding is what i've heard hmm. interesting yeah so i i'm probably in the the whole spectrum of park hoarding and i'm probably one of the weaker ones right uh i do have some lots of just terrible crap that i hang on to yeah right but um yeah so yeah we, we can talk about it it'll be, it'll be a good chat how was it how was it with the other guy the other day lots oh, of good stories good. yeah 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 um yeah we talked uh about he had a story about a set of bmx cranks that he really regrets getting rid of even though he never used them (laughs) so yeah that was cool um and then you had been the first on facebook to recognize what that tool was that i i posted yeah yeah right the the pugsley the wheel offset tool i must have gotten that when I got my Pugsley frame, but I still have no idea like how to use that or what that is. So why don't we use that as a jumping off point? Go ahead and tell me like, what is this thing? How does one use it? What is it used for? So I've actually never used that tool, but I still have it. My, I have this big Stanley rolling suitcase where all my bike junk goes into. It's literally the size of a, um, checking luggage really and so i have it still my understanding is when you when you work on that wheel you know the pugsley with the 135 um a hub it's offset so that thing kind of makes up the offset so you can you know work on the wheel properly with 
that exact offset you need to dish that those spots over, right? So, so, so yeah, it's when I sold my parts, Lee, I never, I didn't give the guy that tool. I forgot to give it. <laughs> I thought about <laughs> maybe email him back afterwards, say, hey, you want to meet me up at this park again so I can give you this tool? <laughs> like, oh, he never decides deal. to build his own wheels. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I brought it up to him saying, I have this thing that it's only for this bike, but I didn't bring it with me. Like, oh, okay. But then we never really synced up. So uh, he's going to be stranded one day without without that tool and then he's going to try to fix his wheel. And <laughs> you're you're going to get an email in like eight years and it'll be like, hey, uh, remember that park meetup we offered that, on? That's why I meet him at a park. <laughs> do you do um, a fair amount of just kind of the, like what, what avenues do you like to use for those kind of, kinds of transactions? Oh, what what do you mean? What what type of avenue? Oh, like uh, Craigslist or Facebook at or you know Craigslist, like... Facebook, yeah, okay. Craigslist, Facebook. You know, just those two really. I mean, I don't know what people use these days. Uh, offer up, I've seen that before. It's kind of kind of shady looking. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I get... I've I've never yeah. I've never used it. Uh, I've seen people. Uh, yeah, all I see is like really beat up trucks like and like yeah. tricycles, and it's like it's weird. It's like. You just like put a price out there and appeal. Okay, I'll I'll yeah. take it. I've had friends so, who who uh, have shown me like bikes on offer up and like, hey, do you think this is a good bike? And I, I honestly like wasn't even sure that that was a real site <laughs> the first time I saw it. I I've seen a lot of people posting potential stolen bikes mm-hmm. on our uh, local Facebook group. Say, hey, check out check out this bike. Does someone lose this bike or not? And then say, usually a screenshot for offer up mm-hmm. for like you know like five thousand bikes. Someone's trying to sell for eight hundred bucks. I've heard it kind of has that reputation. Yeah, so I've definitely um I've I've been as I describe it to people like until you know you are the one usually getting taken advantage of and yeah. my experience with that was the first like true road bike I bought back in college uh and you know thinking about it now I look back and I'm just like oh Guthrie, jeez you dummy uh but little did I know showing up to you know somewhere mid range and city of portland fellow rolls up with a van kind of like peels apart four bikes out of the back of the van and is like here you go and pulls out this old like rusty five speed twin and he's like yeah take it on a ride and i like literally like rode it down to the end of the corner rode it back and i was like okay here here's your 80 bucks and he's like all right and he hops in the van and just drives off and i'm like huh but that bike later got stolen from me so i figure it's karmatic at this point you were probably scared not to buy it at that point, right? Something like that. I, I think I was just, it was one of those like shock and awe moments where I'm like, ah, it's happening, but it's way too fast for Guthrie brain to like keep up with. And oh, look, I have a bike. Okay. I guess I will ride home now. <laughs> but to be fair, that bike got me through a decent number of years until it left me again. So, so it goes. And now, and now I know like- better. <laughs> So I had to buy a, a used bike for my kid the other day. It's like a twenty inch bike. It's like I didn't want I didn't want to spend spend too much money because they outgrow that face so quickly. Yeah, it looked pretty decent on the pictures when I got there. And this is during like after the whole lockdown, so it's like really awkward wearing a mask and everything. So I didn't really want to touch the bike too much. I just kind of looked at it and then like pushed down a little bit. It felt good, but then when I took it home, the brakes were messed up. The front wheel was not you know what's not true it's like oh my god what did i do because i just want to finish this transaction as quick as possible and then 
give them the money. But yeah, not a good time right now to uh, do Craigslist deals. <laughs> yeah, I imagine, especially when it first when we first started going into lockdown and there still wasn't a whole lot of information out there. Um, like I, I didn't even want to leave the house at all. Yeah. Like, I imagine trying to buy a used bike, much less, you know, um, trying to buy anything. It would be pretty difficult. Yep. Definitely did not give it a thorough, thorough, <laughs> uh, test ride. It's interesting because, um, you know, despite that, we've seen the largest spike in bicycle purchases yeah. in known recent years. So there's, it's kind of, um, it's counterintuitive in the sense, but also it, it feels like if somebody put out the blog post, and, and I'll and I'll catchphrase the sprocket on this life hacks for buying used bikes during COVID, <laughs> you know that that would probably get some traction because I think that uh, with a degree of safety for both parties, um, that might be some good info to have. Yeah, if I had a blog, I'd probably write about it and probably get a lot, lots of clicks. Well, I'll put it in my brain bucket on my blog. Yeah. I haven't updated it in six years. <laughs> well, Correct five years, strategies. four years. <laughs> yeah. Maybe but I should do that. I don't that. know. Maybe, maybe I'm just avoiding the crowds. I haven't seen a huge upsurge of people riding outside. Mm. Um, I'm not. I'm staying off the trail because it's so narrow. It's hard to like get away from people, stick yeah. into the streets. You know, look, everything seemed normal to me. So I don't know where are, are all these, these people going with their bikes. Hmm. So I don't know. Have you been able to get out on some rides yourself or what's, what's the general atmosphere where you're at right now? People are out and about a lot. Like, um, the trails around me, uh, they were, I read somewhere, um, just like in my neighborhood area, there's a bunch of trails. They were saying, uh, since from, from February to April, they saw a five X increase in usage of those trails. So I'm like, okay, I'm avoiding that. I don't want to go there, yeah, you know, yeah, shoulder exactly. to shoulder with people on a narrow signal track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sticking to neighborhood streets. Uh, when it's really later, like late at night, I'll hop onto the bike path when there's no people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and just around the Denver and in Colorado in general, people are just going out hiking. Uh, the the trails, the trailheads are always full of cars, overflowing parking cars, and the spilling out. On, out on, onto the streets so it's been really counterintuitive you know in terms of how people are handling this uh but you know if if, if we don't see too much of an, of an upsurge in in you know in infection rates maybe you know their optimism was turned out to be right who knows we'll see yeah well one of those like do your best and um just keep yeah. an eye on how it's playing out it's like you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't predict, right? It, it could be either bad or it may not be so bad, but it just depends on you, which, which side of the, uh, the spe- of those two columns you, you lean towards, right? Yeah. And there's the human factor too, where <gasps> this has been a thing for going on month and a half, two months, at least in terms of the U S perspective. Um, and so you, you find this, uh, I wouldn't call it like moral bargaining, but there's a, there's the the choices that people are making and oftentimes you're making it kind of like that day instead of just like all right this is what i'm doing this month it's more like it's 11 o'clock in the morning hmm let's check okay well i'm gonna choose this and depending on what what like new information comes to light etc uh you might choose a completely different thing for the same task a day or two later yeah 
Have you yeah, been... So, oh, sorry, yeah. after you. No, go ahead. No. Yeah, Oh, go ahead. Um, I was just going to ask, like, um, are you in the bike quiver, uh, have you been riding sort of a favorite bike, or do you kind of like to mix it up? What's your what's your game strategy so, for that? Uh, right now, I have two bikes that belongs to me. I have a Salsa Fargo, which I just like. It's my do-it-everything bike. I used to commute to work with it. I ride the single tracks around here with it. I love it. It's, it's great. Um, and then I also have a surly big dummy, um, which I, wow. uh, I also have a, a, a this trailer. So when, when I get those two things hooked up, it's literally like a train. It's yeah. probably like, uh, it's, it's, it's probably longer than my Subaru is. <laughs> what's so, your, what's your turning? Like, how do you turn with the trailer and the big dummy together? It's so the trailer latches onto the axle on the, on the non-drive side. Mm-hmm. So there's a arm that comes out, right? So yeah. when I turn towards the drive side, I have to be very careful. Otherwise the back tire will, will catch. It will. Right. Yeah. So, okay. so yeah, turning is tricky, especially when I'm <laughs> going on some, uh, yeah, I do like three point turns and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. I just swap between those two and, uh, you know, I've got a couple kids and they'll either ride in the back of the, the big dummy or the small one would go in the trailer and yeah, it's it's you know trying trying to get by however we can given constraint movements during this phase, right? Right. Um, yeah, have not been able to take to go really to the local. Uh, there's some there's some um, um, uh, multi-use paths that kind of go into the because we we're we're pretty close to the trailhead for the Colorado, for the Colorado Trail. There's a, mm. a place called Waterton Canyon. It's a great place for kids and just for people walking jogging and running uh have not been able to go there at all they shut it down and like i said don't want to avoid the bike path just because it's too narrow so um just swapping between those two and uh yeah it's it's we're getting by right on um all right so back to parts and hoarding as this is our supposed to be our parts hoarder show yeah uh, let's talk about you mentioned you had a suitcase full of parts let's talk about your suitcase let's unpack it's, 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 your suitcase it's, <laughs> let's it's, unpack it's, your it, it's really underwhelming um <laughs> I, I, so my my garage uh on one one side of my garage i've got like a bunch of used uh, inner tubes hanging mm-hmm. i'm like okay i'm gonna use this one day for something right so yeah. that's kind of like okay. I'm I'm gonna kind of set it up so to not underwhelm anyone, and I'm using those things. Uh, my my surly my big dummy. When I'm pulling a trailer, when we're, when we're going on a gravel path, I don't want to be throwing dirt at my kids in the back, right? Right. So I I get this. Uh, I don't have a fender for it, so I'm just I have a this uh, inner tube I cut out and I zip tie it to uh, the rails where for the for the deck. So, you know, nice. it's a nice, pretty effective uh, um, guard for stuff that back tire throws out. So so there are, there are still uses for these trivial little items, right? Sure. Uh, what else I have in there? I've, like, I've got the single, single uh, speed conversion kit that I used a long time ago. I probably will never use again, so I still have it in there. <laughs> uh, my my uh, cross check in the background there, I just play around with that so much. Used to be a single speed at one point, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was it's fun. Um, 
got some other underwhelming stuff like you know those walled baskets they all ship with that metal yeah, that extra hardware. Struts, right? yep. yeah yeah i'm like okay i'll keep this i'm gonna use this for something one day nice i've got two baskets i've two i've got like two of two sets of those metals you know struts for the basket yeah um, i think we got two sets at our house actually <laughs> yeah one for a basket we don't even have anymore but we have yeah. the struts yeah <laughs> you never know good for something right one day right. um i've got a old uh crank set in there from one of my old um road bikes and i probably will never use that again it's yeah. a square tapered bike you know crank set and it's in there you know deeply buried in the ba- in the bottom of the, the tool chest i'm not gonna go through it oh i've got all these uh old um uh shifter uh cable um cables brake cables from yeah. old bikes old cables yeah well it came into use because i told you my story about buying this used bike for my kid right yeah uh the the the, the, the cable housing was just really bad so i took the housing from my previous builds i cut them down to size and i reused like the, the cable from my previous bikes and they were a huge upgrade from what came on the, That's, the this used bike? Wow, I don't so, think I. You might be the first person <laughs> I've ever known to actually hold on to old cables. Wow. So there you go. Okay. All <laughs> right. Wow. All right. Cool. That's really yeah, thrifty, I'm, right? I'm, yeah, it is. I'm really impressed. Like I, I didn't even think you could hang on to those. I've been throwing them away like a dummy. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever brake performance, you know. Depends on the use case. It's not very critical if it's like super smooth versus you know a little bit less than super smooth, right? Sure. So, so the old just um, my my son's bike. It's like the cable was just like the housing was just like it was uh, folded up in one place. So just threw everything out and used them. So it worked out. Um, what else do I have in there? I've got some samples of. Uh, tubeless sealant i don't have any tubeless tires at all so hey, i like that that's clever i got from somewhere i was like okay i'll, I'll hang on to it hey you're, you're just <laughs> I'll use it one future. day you're future proofing yes. yep yep i like it <laughs> one day one day you may go tubeless and you'll have that sealant it's aspirational <laughs> i've got the co2 cartridge also in there i don't have any co2 i don't even have the what is that the gun to, to shoot it with right yeah, I don't have that. <laughs> so then, my hey, it's a it's a is, it's a big tool chest, so I got room for all that stuff. I don't I care. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say my question is why hang on to something that you don't even like have a have necessarily a use for? And I say that with the caveat of I'm sure if I go through my parts bin, there's a number of parts where I've like I don't have a use for this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see what what other crap do I have in there? Um, you know, I'll come across these. Um, what do they what do they call them? The the caps, the end cap, the metal caps for cables, right? Oh, the or, ferrules, or no, the not cr- the ferrules. The, oh, yeah, the, the crimping the caps, the metal caps, yep. right? I've always yeah. just called them crimps. I don't crimps. Know okay, yeah. let's let's roll. Yeah, with whenever it. I come across those, I just throw them in there. So I've got like a bunch of those. Those are always <laughs> good to have though, because you know, like. The, that's the kind of repair that when you go and you need one 
you can never find them. And so just like stockpiling while you have a chance is, is the way to roll. Yeah, I probably can't find them. They're just everywhere. It's not like yeah. organized. But then you only need to find <laughs> four. And uh, if you've got I, ten rolling I around, you're grand. Yeah. As long as I can locate my tool chest, I know it's in there somewhere. Then I'm, I'm good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else do I have? Um, I the 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 thing that I'm hoarding on to right now that's that 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 doesn't fall under those that you know that category of just crap that no one wants is probably these accessories I have for my big dummy because it's you know it's it's based big dummy is built around the extracycle um, platform right all the accessories right. yeah so so I'm looking for, I was for the longest time I was searching the internet and local Craigslist to buy this one one thing called a hoopty, which is like a child carrying attachment. These, it goes these, all the way around the back. These rails, yeah. yeah. So it's it's really hard to find. And for some reason, they made different versions of it. And the Surly deck is only compatible with, with the old version, which is you know inherently harder to find. So so I sp- spent maybe over a year looking for it. And then all of a sudden, I came across uh, two sets of these, and I bought them both. So now I have like <laughs> a set I'm not using. Ah. Um, so so someone out there is probably looking for it, um, just like I was, and you know I probably need to get rid of the second set. Mm. Those are like those uh, those unicorn items in a sense. Like I remember for me it was uh, Shimano down tube shifters, and the plastic kind of protector came off, so it was just the metal. And I worked at a bike shop at the time, so I was like, these should be pretty easy to find. And lo and behold, I went like a year and a half before a customer of ours brought some in like specifically to give to me because he ran into them in a parts shop out on the east side. And he knew that because I had been just like lamenting not being able to find them for a whole year and a half at that point. So like sometimes you you get those things that you're like, this should be easy, but like it's not for whatever reason. It's it's nice to have two because now you're definitely set up for success. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. I'll have to uh, spread the wealth eventually, you know. Sell the <laughs> other set, and then I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be a hot item. People will be uh, jumping on that. Well, so. uh, for our listeners tuning in, we will we will ask for social media creds at the uh, end of the episode. So, depending on whether you are up to being hit up, uh, <laughs> feel free to share. <laughs> oh, not yet. I'm still hanging oh, okay. on. To, well, I need I need to hoard a little bit longer, and then excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Forget yes. I said that. I said nothing. I'm not ready yeah. to let go. So right now I've got one set just hanging <laughs> on the great. wall, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it, it's fun owning the big the big dummy. It's like just customizing it, trying to track down parts, and then going on Facebook and try to you know see what people are offering. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird. Like a lot of these parts, you know, the documentation for them is all purged from the internet. You can't even find it, like the manuals or anything. So. There's some couple sites out there with people just documenting tribal knowledge of what fits with what. So you're trying to go off right. that and experiment, and then if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Mm. That's where like um, the various bike co-ops that are out there, you know, um, they're sort of parts hoarders of their own. You know, we have the bike farm here, Bikes for Humanity. I mentioned this in the previous recording, but mm. uh, it there's always those great resources where, like you said, it's uh, this accrued knowledge of, of old bike parts. Yeah. Yep. 
do you find um one of the things i've noticed with that that avenue of bike parts is more often than not you end up on sheldon's brown website yes because uh, you're just like well how does this oh hey of course mm-hmm. sheldon has an article yeah yeah i haven't been to that website in quite a few years okay but... i'm usually on it when i'm troubleshooting some esoteric parts so that just kind of reminded me of it yeah there's a website also i forget the guy's name but it's like the equip the analogy to the sheldon brown website but for dynamos and lights oh okay oh peter white yes 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 yeah, yeah. all kinds of yeah. information about old specs right old models it's all yep. it's all out there from mm-hmm. the older like like bottle bottle dynamos to like even the new stuff um yeah they got all sorts of information yeah good and stuff real technical stuff like lumens and how far the light goes uh and like the spread it's pretty cool yep yeah yeah so you mentioned um i think before we started recording but but barely just um you were considering a a new bike within the stable uh parts related are you pre-hoarding anything that you come across for that eventuality no i mean like i said i've i've never had really any i mean i've had like crappy hardtail with like a crappy suntour fork in the past but never really had a true mountain bike with suspensions i'm uh contemplating buying a full suspension mountain bike um so you know and i know with that type of bike the the level of bike mechanics knowledge is one level much higher than what i have right now which is steel you know rigid bikes right so i i I have no idea what to hoard for those things i probably need to buy a bunch of new tools to like probably service you know the you know all the moving parts that's on those bikes so i still like to continue to work on my own bike which even though it's going to be much more complex dealing with a full suspension mountain bike and so the cycle of hoarding continues yeah <laughs> yeah it, it must it must you've got the sealant so i'll bet you the sealant could transfer over depending on how that goes unless there's you know aspiration data of being left in a hot garage for x number of years <laughs> uh, oh, how sad would that be when you go to use it and find out it's already expired that's like yeah. uh it's like the, the classic on a tour you go you you get a flat and you go get your patch kit and then you realize your glue evaporated like x number of years ago that <laughs> yeah. happened to me it happens yeah. a fair, it happens to me a fair amount. <laughs> Learn that one the hard way. Yeah. Especially if it's one of those part tool, uh, those ready to, you know, you peel it off and then you put it on there. Those are really convenient, but it's yeah. it's going to bite you later on. You don't, you don't trust those patches, I take it? I've had a couple of those fail. Ah, right on. Over not too long of a time either. Mm. I just, I, I use the glue because I like the smell of the glue. You're not supposed to say that part on air. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Although it does smell pretty good. <laughs> Is it like uh, you go yeah, with tri lube or uh, tri flow because it smells like bananas? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's weird to associate like a food with like a chemical right. lubricant. Yeah, that's like a weird combo there's a uh, yeah. hashtag out there i think it's called like forbidden food and it's things like that where it's like "Ooh, this smells nice oh wait that is uh diesel <laughs> this is poison i probably yeah. sh- i probably shouldn't eat that 
In terms yeah. of um, your your parts collection, do you have uh, a part that tells a story to you each time you look at it? Something that was either hard won the good way or the bad way, and uh, it it just kind of reaches out of that out of that suitcase to your soul. Oh. Hmm. Well, I think. I mean. Uh, I'm, I'm stretching a little bit here, like, you know, reaching for something, but probably all these parts that I could, I mean, I probably start, you know, like most people you get into bikes and then casually, and then you start getting more serious and start getting developing interest and start building stuff. So probably any parts that I associate with previous builds where I built bikes from you know from frames assembling it i think those are probably just the parts that you know recalls some good memories from those builds um i can't think of any any part that stands on its own in terms of a really you know like really compelling story or anything like that but yeah i mean like the bike my background that i bought as a, i bought that as a frame set and i took apart a crappy uh, touring bike I had and then I just reassembled it and you know that was probably the first bike I built from frame up and yeah it was a huge learning experience and it was lots of fun and I had it for many years before I sold it so I still have some some parts around from that build in my tool chest so yeah that's that's probably those type of parts Nice. And if I, I think we mentioned already on the recording, but uh, for anyone that's wondering, that's the Surly cross-check in the background there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, with a basket in the front. You know, yeah. I, I, I moved that, I moved to Colorado with that bike. So when I, I, I took that thing out on a single track with the sweet back handlebar, uh-huh. uh, with the basket, with the fender and everything, <laughs> and then you know, there's guys passing me with their full suspension carbon bikes. We're all on the same trail. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know. sure. I, hey, I, it, it actually works really well with that. I got the, the needle albatross bar on it, you know, steel handlebar. Very flexy. You know, when I go over these rocky sections, I can actually feel some suspension effect with, from just from the handlebar. Right. Because it's so long and it's, and it's soft. Yeah. Well, it's the steel bars and then the steel frame as well. Yeah. 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 Although the tire was not very big, so it's uh, yeah, not not too much from the tires. Given that um, parts are relatively specific to their their use and their purpose, um, just thinking abstractly, what what would the perfect part be? What kind of characteristics would it embody? Uh, you know, regardless of its functional use. Oh man, um, it's just philosophical question, huh? Yep, we're getting philosophical <laughs> on the bike parts talk here. Wow. Okay. Feel free to take it's that word. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's probably gonna be a combination. It's probably gonna be a combination for me. Yeah, a combination of aesthetics, right? Because for these bikes, you know, we don't. Most of us were just, you know, there's probably some some uh, some practicalness we get out of bikes, but for a lot of us, it's, it's just a, a a hobby, a, a passion that's that doesn't add, add too much utility to our daily life, right? Because not I don't think not everyone is 
commuting full time on bikes or whatnot. So, so to me, I like bikes uh, for their aesthetics. So, so parts that look good that complements the rest of the bike, to me are, you know, it may work well with, with one bike, but it may not work well with other bikes. Um, so, aesthetics will be important. Um, you know, utility. You know, I don't know. It's like I think it's for me. It's just going to be uh, aesthetics, how it looks on the bike, yeah. uh, more than anything else. Because um, I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm not living a lifestyle where I am, you know, twenty four seven dependent on a bike. So it's more of a hobby for me. Right now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, like, like on my on that cross check in my background right there. I think I really like those Shimano um, brake levers. Uh, it's uh, just simple silver, uh, but it really works well with that that cockpit of the bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I if I if that thing was different, say if it's black or maybe the finish is a little bit different, I think it's gonna reduce the overall appeal of that bike to me greatly. Sure. So it's definitely like a, a whole bike approach. I think so. Um, but I'm not that critical. You know, I cut corners here and there, but I think, <laughs> but like I said, you know, I'm very anal about the, 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 the main triangle to, to the wheel size ratio. You know, I, that's why I sold it. I wanted something where the, the trying, the wheel was a little smaller relative to the triangle. So <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. Oh, it's all oh, good. That totally makes sense. Yeah, right? Okay, uh, cool. You're, you're talking to 26-inch yeah. riders here. We're, we're all in family. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, want that, I want the head tube to be, to be present a little bit. I don't want the main triangle just to be a triangle. I want that little head tube on the, on the uh, front to be exposed yeah. a little bit. You know, you know that mm-hmm. shape? Yeah. That's why you went with salsa, because of the head tube. Mm, no, I... <laughs> I think I, I think I bought into the marketing of the Fargo, like mm. you know when uh, Jay Peter Berry won the Tour Divide back then. Okay. Wh- whatever on the titanium Fargo, right. there was some marketing video around it, and it just uh, the the bike looked really good. You know whatever marketing they did was really effective, and I bought into it. But it worked out really well because I really liked, you know, Fargo is you know it's like by far my favorite bike I've had so far. So, um, yeah. It's it's pretty sweet. The Fargo's got a really nice look to it, you know. I'm I had to I had to double check. I just I just googled it and I'm like, oh yeah, that's the Fargo because I was confused with the uh, with the uh, <laughs> what was it? Not the cutthroat. The other one we were chatting the, about. Yeah, it's got, a, it's got a nice geometry. Yeah. Would that ever be yeah, a it's... deal breaker for you? Like if um if a bike or sort of a build checked all the boxes except it it didn't look quite right, but it had all the parts that you liked on it would, would that be a walk away moment for you? Oh, I mean, I wouldn't even be there cause I would start out with how it looks. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Holding right? to it. Like, right. You know, so yeah, I'm, I'm wondering cause, um, I, my bike is painted either all black or anodized. Um, and I had the opportunity to, add a disc fork on it it's rim brake right now but the only brake available is a like anodized blue and so i'm trying to like i'm trying to approach it from the 
comedian effect of like office space where they're like do you have your flare and you're like yes i have my one piece of flare on my on my entirely black bike which is the uh front disc brake <laughs> and everything else is black <laughs> uh so and i'm, I'm trying to like justify calipers? it in that way and i'm kind of scared that when i do the build that i'm gonna look at it and be like damn it i don't like that <laughs> those blue calipers uh yeah it's blue blue front disc calipers yeah huh because cool. that was the only one they had in stock. Speaking of compromises, <laughs> didn't want to wait, huh? For um, the black ones to come in. Yeah, it seemed like you know. I, I, getting back to the COVID combo, um, a lot of stuff's out, and it seems like a lot of stuff's going to be out for a long while. Uh, and this is a fork replacement I had been telling myself I should do for at least five years now, and I figure, hey. Uh, probably better now than like waiting for my fork to break underneath me and go on another adventure with my face uh at some undetermined time so you know if it doesn't turn out totally right i can always whip out the spray paint or something i'm i'm not above that <laughs> i was gonna say just spray paint <laughs> yeah it, i might we'll see <laughs> no offense to the brake manufacturer <laughs> or you've just set up or set yourself up for a journey of getting blue anodized parts. Oh yeah, go the other way with like, it. Just like, get everything. Like all components. Yeah. Yep. Just replace yeah. like your 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 um, seat post and then your levers mm-hmm. and then your you know just one at a time. <laughs> replace them all with anodized blue parts. You know, I will be keeping that bike another nine years, ten years on top of where I have. Uh, I'm I'm in the getting a different bike category maybe right now if something happens in the next two but i will keep that comment under consideration because <laughs> uh, it's not a bad idea that would be that would be fun <laughs> yeah yeah so aaron you, you've got a pugsley right uh pugsley i my everything bike is is a disc trucker um the pugsley is a bike that anna and i built together uh, so it's both ours. Uh, we recently put a set of Jones bars on it. So um, yeah, I've know, got that too. Changed everything fun, out yeah. from a, a set of uh, dirt drops to now it's more upright. Yeah, uh, I had I had so that's that's that was a picture of your. Um, oh yeah, you you were saying that was your pot sleep yeah. tool, right? Yeah. So so you built so you sourced the wheel yourself and everything. Yeah, um, well, at the time, Anna was working for a, a bike shop, so okay, you know, was able to get a set of fat bike wheels uh, That's already cool. built, you know. Um, I had a, my parts, it was from like 2011 or 2010. Mm-hmm. The old, it was like a snow blind white model uh, before they started coming out with these lighter weight rims. Oh. So I like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I like Sorry, these. Some, uh, someone's at the door. I, I'm a little distracted. It's just you, in the refrigerator. Oh, yeah. These uh, original <laughs> um, double wall, double wall um, um, f- uh, thick, heavy, you know, there's no holes drilled into the rim at all. So just one solid rim. Was that the original um, uh, Surly rims that they put out? Yeah, the, it was like the large Marge or something. Okay, gotcha. I, I yeah. think I have an image of it. And had these 
low thread count tires and with the inner tube it's probably like seven eight pounds per per, per uh, wheel you know? okay i know what you're talking about now where yeah you said it's just solid all the way around yeah like yeah the cutouts um, yeah yeah so we went with the rolling daryl which is the ones with the cutouts on it okay um and then uh i can't remember the tires we went with mm. uh Anyway, have you that's, guys that's uh, neither here nor there? The the rim I've been looking at in the fat bike world is the H plus Sun, that looks pretty decent. I have didn't you, either know you guys seen that one? Tire. What's no. that? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't know H plus Sun did a fat bike tire. I I, oh. I hope I'm right. I think they do. I was talking with uh, Cycle Path a couple of weeks ago about that one, and it seems yeah. to be it's. I think it's aluminum still, but um, it's just at that sweet spot for rigidity and uh performance what's the width on that rim oh that's a good question i'll have to look i'll have to look that up it's i i think on the back what it's 180 or so and on the front what's it usually run like 150 yeah okay because the the rim i had on my old pudgley was a 65 millimeter rim which was really fat back in the day but then once all these newer fat back came out started having you know uh you know uh jealous of those new other just these new rims it's like 100 millimeter and five inch yeah. tires right mm. so i had the three 3.8 tire and then when i, when I parked next to one of those newer ones it's like it's like a skinny bike to me it's like this is pointless <laughs> so i so i sold it i'm like mm. i'm not hanging on to this legacy fat bike yeah. quote-unquote fat bike with its you know pseudo fat bike tires so yeah <laughs> get it get it gone while the going's good yeah before you know, gotta, before somebody looks at it and it's like nice gravel bike yeah gotta <laughs> right. sell it while you still uh you know there's still some uh some some uh value in those bikes yeah um yeah the new ones that. are crazy like five inch tires maybe even yeah. wider than that right i don't know um yeah. five i think is the biggest that surly makes i'm sure there's other manufacturers uh, out there that are making them bigger than that yeah i haven't followed the fat bike scene in a couple of years now yeah that the surly one's the ice cream trucker with the five inch yeah it's amazing yeah um, yeah it's yeah it does it does make the uh it dwarfs the pugsley's quite mm-hmm. we by s- a lot. side by side it's like it's a skinny <laughs> bike <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, did yours have the uh, the offset fork, or was it a um, had the offset fork. fork? Oh, okay. We oh, so you have the newer frame set. Yeah, we ended up with the symmetrical fork. Um, it's still the offset rear. Obviously, it has to be. Um, yep. But the the fork was symmetrical. So if you catch yourself one day out there where you want to exchange those wheels, you're stuck. Yep. Not going to be able to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Uh, anything else you would like to share with us? Uh, I can't think of anything, but you know, it's been fun chatting with you guys. Yeah, same. You know, same. I think I, I I replied to that thing just just by luck. I refreshed and it was right there at the top of my feet. <laughs> like, oh, I know what that is. I just yeah. I think it was like a three minute old post or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, you yeah. I, you were literally the first. And 
the unfortunate thing is I don't check Facebook very much. Um, Brock is usually the one that's on top of that. Um, so you you probably would have had like first first. Well, you definitely were first first, but uh, I knew the people that responded from Instagram before I knew people were responding from Facebook. Cool. Oh, like yeah. on the uh, the overall timestamp meter. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Oh, okay. <laughs> I my excuse is I don't look at either of those too often, so <laughs> I, I don't know where I was going with that. But <laughs> I Brock yeah, Brock yeah. is kind enough to send them via email, so I do see them. I just see them after yeah. everybody else. <laughs> uh, but you know, I've I've been listening to to uh, this podcast since 2013, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, a long wow. time. Uh, well, thanks. So. So yeah, it's been yeah, it's it's fun to uh, have a chance to hop on here and be talking to you guys. You know? Yeah, uh, We're glad to have you. I'm mm-hmm. glad you responded to the post. Yeah, yeah, super glad. What? Uh, I'm curious because 2013 that that's that's pretty early days. What? Uh, oh, that's pre Guthrie, isn't it? Oh, it's well, well pre Guthrie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that that's not pre Aaron though? That's like right. That's right about when you came on, right? I, yeah. I, you know, like the actual when I started listening was a little bit blurry because I just go back and play old episodes, right? But I, I recall at one point, you know, when Aaron's like, "Oh, you know, I'm part of the official uh, host here." So I think I, I remember, I remember oh. one, that that one episode when yeah, I don't know if it was okay. like. Lot, you know, a recent episode or, or one I re- I played from the archive or what, but yeah, it's been a while. Awesome, yeah, that would be episode two hundred. I want to say. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get our fact checkers we'll, right on that. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> yes. get our intern yes. on that one. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks awesome. for being well, a cool. thanks yeah. for being a long time listener and um, yeah. Thank you. It's nice to be able to chat. It's always nice to connect with yeah. folks. Yeah, good time. Cool. Awesome. Um, All right. If, if anybody does want to follow you, or if you would like anybody to be aware of your online uh, presence, where can folks find you? Uh, I I don't have any bite stuff. On, oh, okay. So, <laughs> so, okay, so, so my Facebook stuff is all like just friend stuff. I have an Instagram account that's it's it's all of my paintings like digital artwork oh stuff. nice uh not too much not too much bike stuff out there um what's uh so it's uh let's see here i'm you know gonna what? turn my zoom background off for a second to uh yeah. illustrate something uh we we are a fan of paintings here at the sprocket podcast yes so. Uh, would love would love to help you um, put the word out on that if if you'd like. Oh sure. So it's Y W E N one two three. Not very creative, but I think it was a yeah. So I uh, you know I'm you know I'm, I'm following a bunch of uh, Western artists, um, just you know painting the the American West you know lifestyle landscapes and you know cowboy life and stuff like that. So. Um, so I really enjoy work, you know, working on those landscapes. So, um, you know, I start painting digital stuff uh, in recent years and just putting it out there. Um, yeah, I mean, 
you know, it's not nothing nothing too fancy, but it's out there uh, for the public to see. Yeah. Right on. Cool. I'm gonna check it out as cool. soon as we're done here. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. Good time. Right on. Sweet. All right. Bye bye. And now back to recording session one for the news and mail. Um, should we do news and mail? Yeah, sounds good. All right, Andy, you are welcome to stick along or stick yeah. around. Yeah, I'm going to watch. Thanks, guys. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, and if you have any comments from the peanut gallery, please do please. chime in. All right. I love, I love, I love, I love. Don't don't ever use that. Don't worry, Today. Tim. We will. <laughs> All right. So first up. On our calendar, actually, it's not first up, but I'm going to say it as if it is. So there. Uh, Pedalpalooza is going on all this month and through July 5th. Um, So check the Pedalpalooza calendar. Just punch into a Google search, Pedalpalooza 2020, and see what's happening in the Portland area. It looks different. Um, obviously during the pandemic group rides are not encouraged but um, every day has a theme so check the calendar every day and find out what your theme is indeed and personal pitch my ride this year because I can't do it with you in persons there is no Guthrie ride but I am sponsoring the tree ride so if Ooh, you enjoy trees or nature, or even if you hate trees and nature, like just go out and do the tree <laughs> ride. It's fun. It can be contemplative and engaging in uh, as many ways as you want it to be. Um, yeah, the tree ride. Check it out. Right. Wherever you um, are in the world listening to this right now. While we are talking about sponsored rides, uh, we did get a voicemail from previous uh, guest Jesse. Hello, Sprocket Podcast. Uh, Aaron Guthrie and Brock. This is Jesse. I am calling to let you know about the 21st of June, the Pedal Palooza Day. Uh, it's, I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm the champion for that day this year. And one, we have Aileen from Film by bike, doing two hunts. She's doing one with the Street Trust and another one with her work from Bread Winter Cycles. Uh, if people don't remember Aileen, she was one of the bike scout leaders for the scavenger hunt they did for quite a few years. So she's got a lot of experience under her belt and I imagine these are going to be really good hunts on this day. Also, we have Bike Tag, which is currently a thing you can do already. Uh, if you head to their website, you just look up biketag.org. If you choose the Portland site, you'll see what they do, which is basically you take a picture or you go, you look at the picture, you try to find that spot, take a picture of your bike in front of that spot, and then you get to choose the next spot someone has to find. Um, it's a really fun game, and it's been going on for, I think, about three years now. Um, and then also, uh, I have created a game as well, which will be focused around a little bit further out 
um, southeast, uh, close to 82nd, a place that I don't feel gets as much love sometimes uh, during these events. And hopefully we'll help people who live further out there um, get to have some fun as well. Uh, all of these have prizes, so that's really fun. Um, so, yeah, just head to the Petalpalooza site and look up the 21st. I'm really excited for everybody to play this day. I think it's going to be really fun um, because it's going to be something we'll be able to do distancing from each other. And, yeah, so thank you guys so much, um, and talk to you later. Bye. All right. August 15th is the Swift Summit 200-100 version 4 in Lebanon, Oregon. Awesome. August 16th, the Swift Summit Northwest Hill Climb. Ooh. Mm. And location is currently unknown. Do, do, do. September 12th is the rescheduled LADS 500 5th first annual right here in Portland, Oregon. Yes. And there have been many bike parties over the years. And I... I know that we're still not riding in groups, but I just want to give a special shout-out to the San Jose Bike Party. Uh, even though it's not currently running, uh, they are, quote-unquote, the world's, or the America's original bike party. Uh, hope things are going well with all you over there in S- San Jose. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And I think it was incorrect. Right in if I'm wrong, but I think it was Katie who put us onto that. So thank you, Katie. Yes. All right. Um, we are having some seltzer and some water. But uh, if you don't have either of those and you're looking for something a little bit more <laughs> alcohol to drink, we've also <laughs> got beer. Uh, this is my horribly butchered segue into the beer mongers. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Andy's got our back. Uh, <laughs> on Southeast 12th and Division, yes, they are still open. Yes, you can drop on by. And yes, you can go home with some fantastic tasting beverages. Um, so I would say at this point, kind of eternal thanks to beer mongers for being the stand-up folks yes. that they are. Um Really, really appreciate the support that they've lent over the years. And Thank you, beer Yeah. And if you're in and around town, um, why not show some support and some love for uh, a business that is in need of that right now. So, thank you to the beer mongers. And right now for... What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? From warmshowers.org, um, a recent announcement. New users, we will now have a modest one-time registration fee of $30 USD for lifetime access to our network. This fee will not be charged to existing active users who can choose or are still encouraged to support us through continued donations. Even with this one-time fee for new users, your donations are still critical for our continued success. 
just like you. We're all passionate cyclists and generous hosts. We love warm showers and invest our time, energy, and money into it. We don't make decisions lightly, but without solid funding, warm showers will not survive. Warm Shower's mission is to help connect people with a passion for bicycling, touring, and hosting around the world so that no matter where you find yourself on a bike, there is a host with a warm shower to welcome you. Through these shared experiences, we create connections that can break down stereotypes, walls, and fears and make the world a smaller place. We hope you stay healthy, and we look forward to seeing you on the road again. Right on. And I should note that since we have posted this headline, um, Warm Showers has responded to... um, feedback from their international audience and they are offering um, various forms of vouchers and exceptions because $30 USD, depending on where you're at is a hell of a lot of money and uh, you know, here in the States it's a hell of a lot of money too sometimes so um, I think from my standpoint and somebody who's been part of the Warm Showers community for uh, quite a while now this was a long long time coming and I'm frankly surprised that they hadn't gone something towards this you know earlier than than they already have um and so if you consider that against the cost of a hotel for one night or the cost of a campsite in the united states for one night uh or the cost of an airbnb for one night uh there is still a hell of a lot of value in having a warm showers (laughs) membership um and i i encourage people to take part of that as often as they can um because making the world a smaller place is and uh is something that I think is important right now, and it has been my experience and many others. So right on, yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, this is from the New York Times via Sebastian Poole. Lionhearted girl bikes dad across India, inspiring a nation. Um, this is during uh, India's coronavirus lockdown i will give a quick blurb from the very beginning jyoti kumari and her dad had nearly no money no transport and their village was halfway across india her dad an out-of-work migrant laborer was injured and could barely walk so jyoti told her dad let me take you home he thought the idea was crazy but went along with it and jumped on the 20 dollar purple bike bought with the last of their savings with her dad perched on the rear she pedaled from the outskirts of new delhi to their home village 700 miles away wow yeah the -hmm. article's pretty cool um word got around uh throughout india and uh it was a lot of cool things happening as a result of that indeed yeah and it's like well sometimes or like to tell folks that you know, they might look at you on a bicycle and be like, whoa, I could never do that. And, and my response is, well, you put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> and uh, that's that's the start of any journey. So, right on. Yeah, yeah, a very inspiring story. And riding in a pretty def- difficult part um, of India, to my understanding as well. So kudos to her. Right. I believe when Sebastian sent that to us, he, he asked if you had any experience knowing that you have ridden through India, Guthrie, if you had any experience with that area at all. No, I haven't. Um, I had sort of hopes to get up that direction. Where my cycling primarily occurred was in southern central India, and that is known kind of nationally as the spot to do it if you're going to be on a bike. Um, Mm. She was riding sort of north central to 
northeast, which is kind of the antithesis of that reputation as far as getting by on a bicycle goes. Uh, okay. um, it's so much so that I've had people like when I was in India be like, yeah, don't go there. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's I guess why I bring it up is, uh, you know, it, it is a Herculean feat um, in so many ways. <laughs> and so, yeah, very, yeah. very proud of her. Wow. Neat. <clears throat> Gotta check that out. Oh yeah. Well, we don't have another news article, but do you know what we, we do don't. have? Um, I believe I think we have mail. We got mail. <laughs> hey, we got mail. From Sean Martinez, just listened to Sprocket Podcast episode five fourteen. Ordered Pedal Palooza stickers and will print hashtag Team Bike Fun pennants tomorrow. Awesome. Uh, they comment on Thank you, Sean. Twitter or Instagram. One of those two. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Sean. And those are still available for, I believe, until the 10th? Yeah, um, I think so. They, did a, they had enough interest that they did, they another, did another run. run. Um, in episode 514, speaking of Pedal Palooza, if anybody's curious to learn more about this year's event, 514 would be the one to check out. Right on. Well, we have reached the end of yet <sighs> we, another Sprocket podcast recording. We done did it. Indeed. Yeah. And if you are listening to this, that means you have made it as well. So thank you for <laughs> your ears, as always. Um, yeah. Andy, anything to, to put out to the audience or uh, how can folks keep up with what you're up to in depot bay upon the coast oh well gosh uh thank you to the audience for listening and um i I, sorry yang couldn't join us but we'll get him edited in here somehow right yep oh yeah also uh, also we should mention that was my fault that yang isn't able to join us um (laughs) i I missed our recording date yesterday so both of you including yang have been incredibly gracious to reschedule with us um i I thought that should be public knowledge (laughs) uh yeah hey uh Anytime you're coming down the coast, if you're when you hit Lincoln County, give me a ping on uh, on Instagram. It's uh, Ann, what, what, what's my, what's my handle? Saint Ange, Saint A N E G, on Instagram, and uh, yeah, give me a ping when you're in Lincoln County. Any of the any of the any of the crew, any of the listeners, and chances are I can ride with you for a little while. Sounds great. Awesome, sweet. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, guys. All right, you ready for this, Aaron? As ready as I'll ever be. Is there uh, any stylistic preference to our credit reading for this evening? Oh, man. I also will always always posit that it's okay to take a mulligan. Uh. (laughs) I should have been been ready. I knew this was coming. I should have known this was coming. Um, You guys uh, have a favorite uh, Futurama character? Mm. (laughs) Hmm. I, I do, but there's no way I can do his voice. Oh, come on, Bender. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll give him my best shot. Okay, okay, thank all you. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'll do our, our best, worst, our worst, best Bender. Yeah. Well, it'll be, <laughs> it'll be Futurama in that spirit. <laughs> there you go. All right. Hey, uh, the Sprocket Podcast is produced at X-Ray FM Studios. Thanks to generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners. Ha!
Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com, baby. Call or text 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. And thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Herbert for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donor Shadowfoot. Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson. Cameron Lean, Richard Rosinski, Tim Mooney. Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Watts. Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who, like Who's me, a is a time traveler. traveler. Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley. Uh, Peter M- Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom. Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, who's making me my dinner tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who's on this screen. Whoa. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regrainery. Uh, Cap Sight, Mac Nurse David, Nathan Poulton. Rory in Michigan, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay. Tim Coleman, Harry Hugel, EJ Finneran. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Gato, Keith Hutchinson. Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Jason Offenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Uh, Todd Grossbeck, Chris Barron, Chris Barron. Chris Barron, Chris, Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite. Ryan Morrow, Dude Luna, Matthew Rooks. Cacao, baby. Marshall, Paul at Funasak. Funatake Sakucraft. Uh, Philip M. Spartandale. No relation. No relation. Mr. T. Who never really left. Bike Initiative. Kiwanaw. Sarah G. Adam D. Go dig a hole. Beth Hammond. Greg Murphy. Myra Martinez. Oso. Isaac M. David Christensen. 503. And our newest donors, Byron Peterson and JT. And, and to- thank you. And to all of our former donors who helped us get this far, baby. Now, now, uh, now, now go wash your hands. And stay safe. And deliver those intergalactic whatever it is that he's making us deliver. Well, okay, then. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the suggestion. Yeah, that was a good one. (laughs) I like it. We have not done that one before. Yeah.